everybody and welcome to another wonderful Web3 Wednesday here at Press Play, brought to you by the fabulous, fantastic games.gg. And we are in our special episodes of Road to the Awards. This is part four. In these episodes, we have been joined by jury members, the ones that have been making the big decisions behind the scenes to help you guys find out what industry professionals think are the best games currently. Again today, we are joined by more of the jurors, as well as welcoming welcoming back my co-host, Gaspode. Gaspode, say hello. Hello. Fantastic, as always, constantly matching my upbeat energy. So let's start with some of the jury for a little intro. And we'll start with yourself, Max. Max, can you introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about what you do? Yeah, hey, what's up, everyone? Really appreciate you, uh, Gaspin and George, for hosting today. Thanks for having me on. Um, super excited to be here. So my name is Max Kaufman. I lead marketing, BD, just go-to-market strategy in general for Helica. Uh, and my background is uh, cloud computing, data analytics, multiple different industries, but been in the Web3 space full-time as a DGEN retail investor for the last three years and then as a full-time employee since March of 2022. I got my career started with... Um, Chainstack, a blockchain developer, and for a company working with gaming studios and NFT projects. And then March of 23, I jumped in and doubled down into gaming, joined Helica. And uh, what we do, we work with uh, some of the top two studios in the space today, help them drive profitable UA growth, uh, drive impactful insights from consolidating disparate data sources, and then optimize game experiences to improve player engagement, retention, and monetization efforts through full stack suite of solutions um, and and really excited uh, to be here again super bullish on web3 gaming and can't wait to share some of the opinions that I have on the space today awesome good to have you up here Max and great to be speaking with you once more it's been a while man it's been a while next we're gonna hand it over to um, I am reliably informed that Marco is behind I can only see 420.et so Marco if you can go ahead and introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about what you do absolutely George thanks for inviting me today and uh, hi everyone so uh, yeah 420.eth I mean uh, it's uh, the mark is behind it I believe but uh, it doesn't show in the spaces <laughs> so uh, yeah I'm Marco I'm one of the co-founders of Merit Circle day to day I like to say that I'm a spider in the web so I'm you know involved with all sorts of things but I like to mingle myself most on the gaming side of everything that we do uh, for those of you that are not familiar with Merit Circle, or you might know us nowadays as Beam, is we're a gaming DAO, and we are largely focused on investments, gaming, infrastructure. Uh, we've co-launched our own studio to develop a game, so uh, I would say everything web-free gaming. And uh, yeah, super excited to be here today. I'm very excited to get your take on the games that we will be looking at. We're going to head over to our other guests. So I can see we have next up in the order is Jacob. Welcome. And who are you? Hey, everybody. Um, I'm founder of Hyperplay. Um, we're a Web3 native game launcher um, that allows players to carry their wallet into every game we launch from within the application. We've got about um, about 58 games that are in our store. And then we also aggregate the Epic Game Store. So you can play the entire library of Epic games. And we have a few other 
uh, stores that are either live or coming as well. But uh, we're we're basically a, a meta a meta game launcher, and um, I'm a lifelong gamer, and um, uh, I am especially passionate about JRPGs and strategy RPGs. But I play pretty much everything. And um, my uh, my background is I was uh, uh, previously operations lead for MetaMask, and uh, that's it for me. Very exciting to have you up on the panel today, and we look forward to hearing your answers. Um, George has given me this next one, and hopefully I'm not going to butcher your name, but both of us are terrible at names. So I'm going to go with Erhan and uh, introduce you, maybe connect no, correct you. No, name. it was. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> uh, Thank you. Uh, hello, everyone. Uh, and you absolutely didn't butcher my name. I think it's very close to Aaron for uh, in, in, in English terms. Uh, I'm from Turkey. Um, uh, I'm a content writer with a focus on Web3 and blockchain. I think I've spent the better part of my life working as a game journalist before that and a content writer. Uh, then, as with everyone here, I've met with blockchain technology. Uh, and for the last four years, I have worked at uh, Cointelegraph, the crypto uh, media, uh, as an editor. And over the last year, I wrote for the um, Web3 Gaming column at Cointelegraph magazine. Uh, nowadays, I'm working as an independent writer, helping Web3 blockchain or gaming projects telling their stories in a, in a uh, funky way. Yeah, and that's pretty much it. Thank you again. Fantastic to have you up here, Aaron. And, and I hope I don't keep butchering your name as this goes on, and I will apologize before it starts. It's all good. It's all good. You can, you can just call me Han. It's also okay. Like, it's, a, it's a very... Oh, fantastic. Yeah. Han is Han well is easier more, for me. Thank you more, for your More universal, right? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Thank you so much. Okay, so... What we're going to do is we're going to start with, let's go for Marco. And I just want you to talk about how you've experienced this past year, because this is obviously our second year of Game Awards. And I feel a lot has happened this year. And I just want to know what you guys have been noticing with everything you've been doing over at Merit. Oh, that's a, that's a very broad question. Do you want to hear about anything in particular or just how, you know, the whole industry as, as a whole has kind of evolved throughout the past year yeah just generally in a whole unless you uh, as a whole sorry and then maybe anything specific that you've noticed that it's just sure. mainly been affecting what you guys have been up to okay yeah no absolutely i think to me you know uh, a lot of people are talking about this year being kind of the start of a new boom market i think you know i've tried to kept seeing everything uh, aside from general speculation because honestly i've just been with my hats in building merit circle but the really exciting thing to me this year has been seeing so many games come out with early access phases of their games and the reason why that excites me is because I earlier explained, besides you know infrastructure gaming, we've also been a heavy investor in the industry throughout the past two and a half, three years, I would say. And when we started, we were seeing a lot of white paper ideas and just drafts and you know maybe some mock-ups or very rarely an actual game that we could play. And I think nowadays what we're seeing is with the launch of this early access, we're not able to just talk about, hey, what are you actually building? But we can see for ourselves. And 
I think, you know, if I speak from a gamer perspective, everyone has been asking, you know, when are we going to see fun games? When are we going to see games that are sustainable? And I think now is the time where we can say, hey, there's actually some games, and this is what excites me most, by the way, there's actually some games that I would see myself playing in the evenings and weekends over some of the Web2 games that I've been playing for a long time. And I think that, to me, really shows the progress that we've seen throughout this year. And I think, you know, next year, we're only going to see more of that. Um, the other thing that interested me this year that stood out to me was obviously that a lot of the game studios that are developing uh, those games, they didn't necessarily account for the bull market, if you will, to take so long. And so when a lot of those projects, those studios raised money back in 2021, their runway would take them about two years, you know, from that, from then. So that means that throughout this past year, we saw a lot of studios try to raise new money. We saw new studios coming up. We saw studios going bankrupt. And I like to call this stage the first stage of where I would, you know, start saying congratulations if you're still here and you have an early access build out because it's not, uh, it's not too common for every studio, unfortunately. Um, so yeah, I'm super excited. Couldn't be more excited for this year coming up. I think for us at Merit Circle in particular, we started out as a you know scholarship guild, and I think a lot of people kept seeing us as this game guild throughout the past years. And I think the narrative for us has really shifted throughout the past two months when we've you know revamped our whole positioning with the rebrand of the MC token to the Beam token. We've pushed out that we want to be seen more as a infrastructure party that's really focused on the DApp side of things, so the, the actual user side of things, and that I think is also what we know best. And so yeah, it's really exciting for us to find a good positioning in this market, be starting from a guild, now to being more of an infra player. And uh, yeah, I think that too, you know, super exciting things coming up, we keep building. So uh, yeah, couldn't be more excited once again. 100% agree with the people who've kind of made it this far. And I think we're starting to definitely see a lot of quality coming through. And I'm going to throw the same question over Jacob as someone working in kind of aggregating these games and bring them together. How have you found the year changing? Yeah, it's, it's definitely, you know, I definitely agree um, with, with what's just been said. Like the, the quality of content um, is pretty dramatically um, increasing even just on a monthly basis um, because of the the development cycle of games a lot of the games yeah from that bull cycle are finally launching um, I'm the most excited about the games that are um, that are really really leveraging web3 use cases or that are doing interesting and new um, gameplay models. So, you know, um, games that are doing like fully on-chain games or games that are doing zero-knowledge proofs um, to create provably fair gameplay or games that are, um, you know, we, we have games like uh, Trouble Punk or Dead Drop or um, uh, uh, Mega Weapon. And those games are all doing things with... Um, Interesting incentives around the gameplay or like higher stakes gameplay um, seems to be a, a place where, there, where there's really strong product market fit uh, for, for Web3 games where, you know, the player, um, you know, their, their death has 
uh, ramifications or um, you can both earn or lose money um, through your gameplay. I think those are, those are interesting models that are getting a lot of, um, a, lo a lot of traction. Um, and I, I also think that um, we've also seen some projects kind of take um, market cycles to mean that because um, because there are negative narratives publicly that they should try to hide that they're Web3 games or obscure those away um, completely. And um, I think that that probably hasn't worked out well for the teams that are trying to do it because people still know that you're a, a Web3 game and um, it it's basically resulted in this cycle where um, people that are hostile are still going to attack your game. And uh, the people who believe in this and who want this kind of technology can't find your game. Um, so I, I think that there's, there's like larger shifts that are happening in our ecosystem that are probably worth um, discussing, but um, yeah. Yeah, man, I love that answer. And I like what you're saying right there at the end. And I think it's something that doesn't get picked up much when people are complaining that games are hiding their Web3 part. <laughs> like, this is one of the main things I kept harping on about. It just makes it so much harder for me to know which games I'm meant to be playing because they're Web3 compared to my normal indie games I go diving for. So, yeah, I think that's a point people forget a lot when they're hiding their Web3. Not just the maybe you get attacked when they find out you are Web3. Just the folks that want to play a Web3 game can't find you in the first place. <laughs> so I'm going to send it over to you now, Max. So, Max, how have you found found this last year of development and building go through the space in general and a little bit for yourself as well. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, you know, as I said before, I, I originally got in the space back in 2021 when uh, I don't think there was really any legitimate games out. It was more uh, gaming finance and, you know, you had the games that were uh, just all speculative based on trying to, you know, accrue as many tokens or assets as possible and make money. And that was kind of like the end of the day. No one I felt like was having fun because they were playing with Excel spreadsheets, uh, trying to do like calculus while, <laughs> while playing a game. So, and then, you know, joining full time in March of 22, it was like right before everything crashed. But, you know, in the last year and a half, I've had just an incredible opportunity to talk to, I mean, honestly, like probably 500 plus studios or just, you know, people building games in general. And and as, uh, <clears throat> you know, as the other guys have mentioned before, like most games, you know, end up failing. It's such a, you know, cash burn to, to build a successful game. And especially when VC money dries up, um, there's, you know, a lot of potential to, to fail when you're in the, the game building process. So what we've seen now and, and coming up to this year is is really the cream rising to the top a lot of the best game builders in the space the best marketers in the space and the people that actually understand how to grow and engage and keep a community going and excited for what you have coming up have been the most successful ones and and that paired with the the market sentiment that i feel like has just been absolutely turned around in the last couple of months um, for, for the better has been extremely excited for, I, I think, all of us building in this space. So what we're doing here at Helica and what we're seeing, you know, with some of the studios that we're working with is, you know, everyone's starting to actually ship, um, whether it's, you know, alpha play test or closed beta or even, you know, getting to the open beta actual game launch. 
uh, people are starting to ship. And, and what's most important now is really understanding um, and, and knowing who your core players are, who your core users are, and how to acquire more of those players that are going to be most engaging, going to be spending um, the most time and participating the most in your in-game economy, um, where you're not just fully trying to extract value from that player. You know, building a healthy, sustainable economy and, and um, obviously building fun gameplay at the end of the day to, to want to keep people involved and, and keep people excited for what you have going up. And I think the tricky thing about Web3 gaming is if you look at it, you're not just dealing with gamers in general because there still is that financial incentive, financial tie to your assets and, and just speculation in general. So being able to understand really the differentiation of you know, who your actual gamers are and then maybe who your traders or your speculators are with your ecosystem and tailoring an experience uh, that makes the most sense for them and acquiring the same type of people that maybe you want to still acquire some of those traders and speculators because they're adding a lot of liquidity and, and volume to uh, the transactions that are happening with your game. But you also want to be able to cater to the ones that are actually playing your game and build a really cool personalized, you know, in-game experience for them. And that's what we really help, you know, a lot of studios do uh, with diving way deeper into data, providing advanced analytics, and then providing, you know, UA uh, tooling around that to, to acquire more of those, uh, I guess, top players that you you want within your ecosystem. But all in all, I just want to say, like, last year and a half, it's been crazy, you know, being in a tunnel visual vision of, of building. It, it's nice to finally take a step back. There's games that are starting to be, you know, playable. Um, obviously we have a bunch of hype with like token airdrops and, and NFTs soaring back up, but all in all, we've made it through it. And yeah, it's really just exciting. Um, really excited for the, for, uh, for going into next year with a lot of stuff coming out. Firstly, I feel attacked for saying that people didn't enjoy using Excels in games because I've always enjoyed getting Excel involved even before web three. But other than that, I'm going to agree with the rest of your points. Um, and now we'll just head over to Han and kind of what you've seen from your role has changed in the last year. Uh, thank you. Um, I think Web3 uh, web gaming to the wider gaming world today is what we have seen blockchain was to the f traditional finance in maybe five years ago. Like this is this is like for the first for the first time this year I think I feel like the uh, wider gaming world started treating Web three gaming with um, I'd say more respect. I believe this is probably related to the Web three gaming moving past the initial NFT craze. You know, like where everything was NFTs. Every every game was NFT based. It was so uh, focused on. Uh, in-game economics than uh, the actual gameplay and the fun factor, as the folks before me uh, pointed out. Um, but not just not just gamers. Like uh, also also um, giant gaming companies like Take Two, Zynga, uh, Ubisoft, uh, EA, and so many others. I don't remember right now. Started seeing uh, the Web three gaming not as a as a fad or as a gimmick. Uh, but actually as a new trend that they could um, gain an edge by joining before the competition, which is why uh, what they mostly do. 
Uh, I think this is why we see many partnerships between Web3 gaming companies and uh, Web3 giants like Animoca Brands or uh, The Sandbox. Um, and on a personal level, I also like uh, all, all, all the all the uh, speakers before me told all the good points. So I I am left without any anything new to say. But uh, this year was actually um, um, the year I started playing Web three games for for the Web three gamer column. I I, I was reviewing uh, games twice a month at least. Uh, then I found myself that I became addicted to some of those games, uh, especially the casual ones that are not about NFTs, but actually like building your own small reality on an island in a farm or something like that. Um, so yeah, this year was uh, truly uh, the time that... Um, Web3 gaming started gaining an identity and not not just as a, as a, as a, as a, as a gimmick as i said because like we had this uh roller coaster fun type of uh gaming gaming gimmicks in the traditional gaming all the time think about like for example Nintendo Wii it was a huge thing back in for 5 years then no one remembers it now um there are things like the voice ac- voice recognition voice act voice commands in gaming uh but web3 in 2023 showed that it's more than that it's a, it's a newly developing and establishing trend and i'm really happy about it I definitely like the point you make about kind of moving away from a gimmick. It's not just something that's tacked on that people say. It's actually means something. And I think that's something we'll continue to see, especially as games hit kind of further into the development cycle. But we have touched on what people have seen in the year changing. So now we're going to head over to see what people's favorite category is for the upcoming awards. So we'll go to Jacob first. What's your favorite category that you're most excited for this year? Um, well, I'm, I think I'm super biased because of um, my uh, traditional gaming background. But I, so I'm, I'm the most bi- uh, the most excited about the the RPG category. I think that there's um, so much that RPGs always um, were historically that really lends themselves to um, to blockchain gaming, and that allows the blockchain gaming to really extend what's possible and to allow people to make games that are actually fundamentally better at what the game is supposed to be, as opposed to, um, you know, something that feels like separate or tacked on. And, you know, when I think about RPGs and like my childhood, um, we all, a a lot of us grew up playing um, World of Warcraft or other MMORPGs and things like that. I I was a big um, Neocron player. Um, the, the thing that was really, uh, like there was always, um, kind of a, a desire for people to be able to, um, to embrace the marketplaces of those games or to use those marketplaces and they were effectively prohibited from doing so. And you could have your account banned and, um, those sort of things. And, you know, Vitalik himself famously says that he started Ethereum, because um, his, I, I believe his 
uh, I forget which class that he played, but he was, his character was nerfed. Um, and, um, you know, it had a profound impact on him and he spoke about the monopolistic, um, activities of the, the major, the major, uh, centralized platforms. And so I think that, um, we'll see, you know, ecosystems that really embrace, um, everything that can happen with composable smart contracts in the RPG world. It's one of the first places where it's not just like quote unquote NFT games. And so you have a game that doesn't really use any blockchain functionality, but it has, you know, I guess the ability to buy and sell assets. Like that's the first thing that people can do. Uh, but it's also probably the, the least interesting thing that we can do in the long run. Smart contracts allow us to do so many different composable actions and to build interoperability, to build um, interoperable rep reputation, um, to um, allow third parties to build games that extend the existing. Previous generation, we had mods and the mods were really games that use some of the game's assets. Today, our mods can connect to the core contracts of the original game and can create new gameplay using the player's same gameplay re reputation and history. So I think that RPGs will be a really special place for that, um, which is why I would kind of start there. But I'm really excited about, to, to be honest, like every uh, game genre, I think implementation that we do is going to be great. Yeah, I'd completely agree with uh, all your stuff you're saying there about the RPG one. It's one of my favorite categories and one of the ones I'm looking forward to most coming into Web3, um, just because it does seem like the one that has an initial fit within its game type already, as you mentioned, of trying to do trades, but then breaking the TOS and losing your stuff. Whereas if you build it in with the blockchain and the NFT and all that stuff, you can do that and build it into your company's model. So users don't have to go to shady black alley dealings like I do now that I've restarted playing WoW. I'm admitting it. I started wow again last week so next i'm going to take the same question over to let's go to marco so marco which category are you most excited for and why that's uh, uh i mean there's so many categories to, to choose from <laughs> i think i i'm curious if anyone is, is is experiencing the same thing but i think i might personally go for mobile gaming and you know, if I look at kind of what games I used to play, I used to play a lot of like RuneScape, League of Legends, Teamfight Tactics. And throughout the past years, I find myself going more towards casual strategy games, but on mobile because I spend most of my day behind the computer. So then by the time I've had my dinner, it's evening and I want to play a game, I'm like, you know, I don't want to sit behind the same desk again. So what I like doing is I'm just casually watching TV or whatnot, and I just play a mobile game on the side. And so, yeah, I think when I talked about more games coming into early access this year, we've seen quite some mobile games coming into early access, and I found myself playing those for fun in the evening, not because they have Web3 components, but because I actually enjoyed playing the game. So I like that a lot. One of the other categories that stood out to me in the Game Awards was the best multiplayer game. And the reason why I'm pointing that one out is because we have so many web3 games that have you know a multiplayer uh, component or they're fully multiplayer but they really struggle to fill their lobbies and so what i would love to see is to see games that are actually multiplayer but have what it takes to 
you know, fill those lobbies with actual players so that they become much more fun. I think that's the next stage for Web3 Gaming in my eyes. Um, and that's what I would go for. Yeah. Great answer. Personally, I'm also leaning towards mobile, I think. And I say this to everyone because hopefully I'm right and everyone remembers. And if I'm not right, I'll just pretend I never said it. But I think kind of casual and hybrid casual is going to be what actually ends up being the spear that gets Web3 into the general public. But before we head over to our next uh, answers, I uh, just want to show that pinned to the top there is now 200,000 votes in total for the awards. So make sure to uh, go and get included in that. And I'm just really impressed by the hu huge number, considering there's only seven people in Web3 Gaming. I think it's great we've managed to, to hit such high number of votes. But I will head over to Han for which category are you most excited for? Uh, thank you. Uh, I think the most exciting uh, category is the most anticipated game because it shows the actual potential of Web3 gaming, like not the, not the current uh, titles, uh, but how diverse the future of Web3 gaming will be uh, because it has a strategy game, it has a card game, it has, a, a, um, I think, a mobile MMORPG. Uh, one shooter and one battle royal. So uh, it's actually one of the pain points, uh, I might say, uh, about the last year uh, in Web3 Gaming, that many games, uh, despite developed by very different kind, uh, style of uh, studios or very different scale of studios, uh, many games looked similar. Like they, you can you can easily tell if if you play some epic game, some games from like Epic or some Unreal Engine based games, you can easily tell like like they used uh, the majority of the uh, in-game assets from open libraries. Um, and I think what the Web3 gaming most needs right now is differentiation. And this most anticipated game category was actually like the coolest category for me, but because it will also show how those five titles, the finalists, uh, will perform over the next year, and will uh, I hope talk about them in a in a in a in a good way uh, a year from now. Yeah, I think that's a fantastic point. And I do agree that anticipated category is definitely one to be looking out for because obviously it's what we're all anticipating. And I do like your point you mentioned there of last year there was a lot of games made by different companies, different sizes that did look very similar. <laughs> yeah. And I was inundated with, uh, what was it, card games and first-person shooters was my entirety of last year. <laughs> so I am glad to see more genres coming as well. Absolutely. <laughs> Okay, so let's finally throw this same question over to Max. So Max, which category are you most excited for? Which one has got you all giddy? Yeah, I think this is a great panel because everyone's saying something different um, and has really good reasoning for it. I guess just to reiterate, like, I personally think, you know, the mobile game category has, or mobile games in Web3 has one of the biggest potentials to onboard the masses into gaming everywhere from, you know, your casual person playing mobile games on an airplane and your grandma playing Candy Crush. I think there's a ton of potential there for mass adoption. RPGs or MMOs are, I think, the dream case scenario for Web3 Gaming. 
really being fully immersed in an in-game experience, accruing assets, meeting people, you know, defeating quests, doing XYZ, I think is really exciting for the future of Web3 gaming. And then me personally, so growing up, I actually was a huge collectible trading card guy. So Pokemon, Yu-Gi-Oh, everything, every single sports card you could imagine. Um, been there, done that. And I've always loved playing the games as well on the side. So, and I, and I think in, in Web3, this is by far right now, at least the most competitive category, as well as the most proven product market fit in Web3 gaming. If you just look at, like I'm looking at it right now, Parallel, So Rare, Gods and Chain, Cross the Ages, Skyweaver, this probably makes up like 90% of on-chain transactions or sales volume in Web3 gaming in the last couple of years, as well as they've been been around the longest. So uh, I think this is a super competitive. I mean, most of these games are already have been up and running and live, um, at least from, you know, closed beta to beta standpoint. And then you have Skyweaver, so rare. They've been around for five plus years at this point. Uh, <clears throat> and and um, I, only, I only think they continue to grow. I think the the market again is very competitive, but there's a lot of potential to take some market share in terms of the total uh, market cap of, of trading card games. I believe it's around like seven billion dollars right now globally. Um, expected to grow, I think, double that in the next couple of years. So, uh, yeah, a lot of potential there. And and, and uh, just based on my personal experience and what I'm passionate about, I'm really excited to see what happens with with that category. Yeah, I would have to agree with you there, Max. It's fantastic to be up here with a bunch of different jury members, all from different backgrounds, and we'd be picking different categories this time. I know uh, on some of the other shows, we've all been piling onto the same category and throwing our love at it, so it's nice to see that we are spreading the love around today. So the next question I've got for everybody up here is, what are you excited for? within our space within the next year so obviously we're on year two of the game awards there's definitely going to be a year three of the game awards but we've got that year of work and year of building before we get to this time again so we're thinking of what are you most excited to see change ready for the time we get to the third game awards um and i'm going to start with let's go let's go straight back to you max yeah yeah i think it's uh the next year is, is really is really going to be about getting to, to finally like play a lot of these games, um, see what happens. I mean, we're, we're like in the stage right now where we're starting to get more of that euphoric feeling back from like the last bull run. Uh, so it's, it's really getting everyone hyped up and the sentiment is super high. Uh, and I think there's also a lot of, um, a lot of opportunity to educate, you know, people that haven't really been paying attention in the web three space so I feel like the last year and a half, two years, we've all been grinding. We've all been building super hard and, and obviously gotten to the point now where like, you know, Marco, super excited about what you guys are doing. You're going to be onboarding a lot of game studios onto, you know, your infrastructure, your subnet, et cetera, um, enabling like way more game creators to build on blockchain. And then Jacob, of course, you're going to be enabling a lot of people to just play these games in general, which I'm super excited for. Uh, and then, yeah, Han over here is just going to be writing about everything, reporting about everything. So uh, I think all of us on stage are going to be as busy as ever next year, but also we're going to have fun doing it because we finally have great games. There's going to be a lot of hype. 
way more liquidities into the ecosystem. Um, nothing I can really pinpoint as being most excited for. I think we'll just all be almost like <laughs> drowning in the opportunity to uh, finally, uh, I guess, take advantage of the fruits of our labor of what we've been working so hard for. Sounds like a very exciting future, and I am excited for that as well. And we'll head over now to Han. What are you excited for in the coming up future? Well, thank you. So I, uh, I think the most exciting part will be seeing those uh, how the new games, new titles will develop. I know several of them are in public beta in like l- later stages of development. So I'm hoping that the Web3 Gaming will see that um, will be uh, will be joining the larger pool of the traditional gaming ecosystem. Maybe some esports tournaments. I know several of them are already uh, happened, but uh, with the new titles, with the new upcoming titles, we'll definitely see more. Um, and apart from the like face value of the Games GG Awards, uh, which is obviously rewarding the efforts across the Web3 gaming ecosystem. I believe the, the awards also work as a digital journal. As you said, like we, what will we be talking about the next year? Uh, it's a digital journal for the state of Web3 gaming. Uh, like more, more than which game won uh, which specific award. Uh, for example, this year, uh, I believe we have, what, three new categories uh, compared to, to, to the first award. So it clearly shows uh, progression in the right direction. There's a bigger board of jury. Uh, I believe the prize pool has become more juicy. So it, 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 it shows the signs of a growing ecosystem. Uh, it also shows like where we need maybe more uh, improvements. And this is probably tied to what I expect from next year, from the next uh, 12 months. Uh, for example, I had a very hard time finding out the exact state of some games uh, on the nomination list. Uh, in, some, in the same category, we have like um, not, not in the finalists, but in the in the nomination uh, phase, we had games that are in alpha, games that are in public beta, and games that are launched years ago. Uh, like I think Max said, like we have uh, Gods Unchained, we have the Sandbox. Uh, so for me, at least, this means that Web three gaming needs more clarity about the very basic stats of each title. It might be hard to define like an exact launch date for in Web3 Gaming since almost all the games have their different take of uh, pre-release, pre-launch stages. But we need to find some common ground, some standardization that helps a newcomer, not just us, but if we aim to go mainstream, we need to have a, have a definition, have a more clarity for newcomers to understand the state of a game at a glance. Um, like which platforms are supported? Is it controller friendly? Uh, is there any, any other specifics? We don't need to reinvent the wheel on, on that side either. Those are all like very basic traditional gaming info available online. Uh, I'm really hoping that by the time of the GameGG Awards 2024, we'd have 
a more established uh, ecosystem, more established um, standards for for our um, gaming landscape. Yeah, I definitely would agree with uh, the point there. Of it's so early and there's so many products in these different states as well. And uh, one of the key points you mentioned there is to do with the fact of when Web3 communities can be involved in a Web3 game is definitely a lot different than when they can be involved in a normal game. So I, yeah, it definitely can be pin hard to pin down. Like, I think the closest slight comparison is Steam Early Access, but then... Even at that point, to get into early access on Steam, your game needs to be in a better position than some of the games that allow their holders to play already. But I think that's more just because of the, the holder pressure of holding something and not having a single thing you can try. <laughs> so, yeah, I do hope that this changes as we go along. Um, okay, so next we are going over to... Uh, wow, I've just suddenly spaced on who I was going to ask next. Apologies. I think it was Jacob up next, unless Jacob has already answered. Uh, Gaspard, help me out. <laughs> I have it. Uh, yeah, I guess I'll give a slightly different answer, which is I'm most excited about some of the technical innovations that are happening that are going to allow people to build better game worlds and, and better um, user experiences. So at the forefront of that is... Um, using zero knowledge proofs to abstract away um, individual transactions um, so that the user isn't having to, um, to confirm individual transactions. Um, and this is you know, a really, really important part of getting to a place where um, a lot of the, the complexity of Web3 is abstracted away from the user and where the gameplay can feel more natural. Sorry if you hear uh, my dog grunting in the background. Um, <clears throat> but uh, um, I, I also think, um, you know, account abstraction and being able to, um, to do things like auto-approved transactions or um, abstracting away gas um, from the user, those are going to be really important um, innovations as well. And I, I see the period that we're in, you know, very similar to early internet, like in the uh, in the, the late 90s. If you were an internet user, you would probably encounter videos of people explaining to you what TCP IP protocol was and how to, to use a modem and all kinds of um, things that today people would find very strange and would have never heard of. And, um, you know, we're, we're in a period today where the level of complexity that people need to learn to really use um, this technology is really, really high. And I think that uh, we're just seeing a number of different compounding innovations that abstract things away or like, you know, like I'll do like a shout out to, to Sphere One, for example, like they're building on-ramps that um, allow the, the user to on-ramp directly to a game token, no matter the chain, by combining the on-ramp with DEXs. Um, I, th I think it's a, a really great user experience improvement, and we'll keep seeing more and more things like that. I think it's great to touch on the tech advances that we can be expecting as well. And I think it'll be interesting to see how games kind of pivot to add new things as they're popped up and created. And we'll go for our last peer into the future with Marco. What are you excited for? Well, I was actually 
positively surprised by what Jacob brought up because um, I was going to say something very much in the lines of that um, earlier in this you know discussion. It was brought up that it was becoming harder to identify which are web free games and which are not because they might you know hide the web free components. I think. The way I see it, I, I don't want to call it hide those components, but maybe put it less in people's face and give them optionality to choose if they want to interact with the Web3 side or not, or not. And that goes tight with, you know, Jacob talking about account extraction as such. So what I mentioned earlier with what we're doing at Beam is we're very much focused on the end user applications. And with that, a lot of these solutions that we're building go towards taking the experiences of the blockchain elements inside of the game but you don't necessarily have to interact with it if you don't want to. And so what I mean by that is, I mean, there's going to be, I think if I looked on Twitter, I'll start there. There have been throughout this past year, you know, kind of two camps. People say, hey, we want to have max web free and really go for fully on-chain games versus, you know, games that want to maybe go back more towards the 2.5 strategy with some blockchain components, but not taking up the majority of the space. And... We have both two kind of studios building on Beam right now. But what I'm most excited about is, like I said, when I'm on the couch playing a game, let's take uh, a racing game for as an example. I'm playing a racing game. I'm just playing the game. I enjoy it. I'm having fun. And maybe I'll be participating in tournaments. And in this tournament, I win something that I can use in the game. And later on, I might notice, hey, this actually has underlying value. And I can now, you know, through account extraction, actually transfer this without necessarily needing to know about private keys, wallets, and all that stuff. It's just very simple to interact with it, and it's a choice. Where if I also think about age restrictions, you know, you might have children that want to play those same games, but you know, the whole blockchain elements might not be something that the parents are comfortable with, or they're not you know, old enough to interact with that whole finance, financial layer yet. They can play the same games and they can later on choose to interact with the blockchain and transfer stuff, sell stuff, buy stuff, etc. But you don't have to. And so when I look at next year, I'm seeing more free-to-play games. I'm seeing more optionality to interact with the blockchain layer or not. But it really going back to those gaming roots. Um, that's what gets me excited. But at the same time, I'm also a DJ and I like to participate in the crypto and web3 stuff so i also like some of the on-chain games that are happening i think it's just a matter of it doesn't have to be either or i think it will be both but it just really depends on the studios and i think for us simply put we want to enable the studios to focus on building a proper game and we'll take care of that blockchain side but in a way that hopefully is feels more natural to the gamers um yeah i'll stop there <laughs> you didn't have to stop, but you made some fantastic points while you were continuing to go, Marco. And it's awesome to hear everything that people are excited for. I really enjoy it when people aren't all excited for exactly the same thing. Then it just shows we've got so many different ideas and opinions floating around in this space that are going to help eventually drive this space into something that people outside it will want to take part in. So we're actually coming up to the end of the time we have here. So I'll give each of you just a quick two minutes to uh, tell us a little bit about what you guys are doing in the near future and just basically to promote who you are and what you do. Um, and we'll send it first over to Han. Ah, sorry, this was, this was a little bit unexpected. So uh, I think I will continue 
writing about what's going on in the in the web3 ecosystem uh in the gaming ecosystem and in blockchain as well and i'm so happy to be a part of this conversation um i'll keep an eye on what each uh, jury does in the future so i i can uh have a better insight on what's actually going on the web3 gaming ecosystem and um Yeah, thank you. That I really don't have a product or a, or a, or a, a serviceable thing to share right now, so it's uh, it's better for me to cut short <laughs> for this and give more space to each uh, other else. Thank you. Okay, I'll take this gas mode. It appears you cannot unmute. Awesome. Next, let's go over to the same question for Max. Just a quick little bit about what you've got coming up uh, that people should be excited for. Yeah, staying super busy over here. Um, gonna be, yeah, we're continuing to work with some of the top studios in the space and always happy to work with as many gaming studios as possible, helping drive profitable UA growth and better understanding their data their users, their player behaviors, et cetera, to help optimize um, their game for player retention, monetization, and engagement. And uh, personally, love just connecting with like-minded individuals within the gaming space in general. So always happy to, uh, yeah, to have a conversation with anybody, just to chat about the industry and gaming in general. And just really exciting to continue to help support um, anybody and everybody in the gaming industry move the, the Web3 space forward. No, great here, and also you normally do all the wrap up, George. That's why I didn't realize it was my turn to speak. But we will, we will head over to uh, I think Marco. Uh, what what are you up to? And the promotiony bits George mentioned. Yeah, sounds good. I mean, I already got to briefly mention Beam a couple of times throughout the spaces. I don't want to shield too much, to be fair. <laughs> But uh, I'll, I'll briefly summarize. If you're a gamer and you like games, you want to try out different Web3 games, I mean, follow Merit Circle. It's one of the speakers here as well, our main account. Um, you know, we'll be posting plenty about it. And if you're a game developer that wants to focus on developing your game rather than having to deal with all of the blockchain aspects, we'll happily hold your hand. We have an SDK ready with different products that go from a companion app, you know, account extraction to a gaming marketplace and different things that we're working on, including, uh, you know, a recently launched subnet on Avalanche as well. So if that sounds uh, interesting to you, feel free to reach out and we'll happily uh, talk more about it. I think those are the two main interesting sites for now. Awesome. Thank you very much, Marco, as well. And I love to keep Gaspo on his toes by changing up my scripts. So let's finally send this over to Jacob. So, Jacob, just a little bit about what you're excited for. Uh, sorry, a little bit about what you guys are up to and what people need to be paying attention to. Yeah, so we've um, so we've we've built what we believe is the best game distribution platform and Uh, you know, like I was mentioning kind of at the beginning of the call, um, it has uh, 58 different games that you can jump into and play today. It's a really great way for people to discover games. Um, it also improves the user experience around those games because the player can connect their wallet inside of our desktop application. And then we're persisting that same wallet application, uh, sorry, uh, that same wallet connection into each game that you launch from within our launcher. So no matter whether that is a native game or a browser game, 
we overlay your wallet very similar to the way the Steam overlays. The Steam overlay um, has like chat windows or notifications on top of games. We do the same thing with your wallet connection. <clears throat> but uh, we're also launching, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, my throat is uh, not great. But um, so we're, we're launching a really, um, a really special thing in January. Um, I don't want to reveal too much, but uh, users are going to be able to use their historical gaming reputation um, from Web2 um, and to earn a number of rewards for that um, and to uh, do, do some really, really interesting things that bring uh, traditional gaming communities and more Web3 native communities together. Um, so we're, we're doing everything we can to help incentivize people to come from the traditional gaming world and come and try Web3 games. And so uh, we're really excited about this and um, come, come give it a try. Also, you know, come join our community, give us feedback, um, let us know what you want to see and what we can, can improve. We're always trying to, uh, to learn from those things. Sounds fantastic as well. So as mentioned by Gaspard earlier, we're now coming up to the end and I'm going to move on to my rambling monologue. But first, I want to say a big thank you to everyone that came up here today to speak and also a huge thank you to everyone that came out to listen to us speak as well. Um, otherwise, it would be a fantastic conversation, but it's always great if other people get to hear some of the great ideas coming out of the jewelry we have up here as well. So big thanks to everybody for turning up today. Uh, Remember to take a look at the people on Twitter to stay up to date with everything they're doing. That includes Gaspode as well, who didn't get a chance to shill himself. He's got a whole load of things going on, such as Watch Your Game and some other stuff I probably should know about. And he's, as he's for... also he's also done a trailer, which is a hundred percent human, like the rest of you with your human skins, and is not AI. He is a human. That is correct. Go and check out Gaspo's trailer that definitely doesn't look like it's been touched up. So everybody, make sure you go and interact with the fact that we have just hit 200,000 uh, votes for this Gamer World and it can still be growing as well. So let's see how large we can get this number this year. Hopefully we are going to knock last year's out of the park as we've had a year to continue improving within this space. If you're joining late and you've not managed to catch all of this and you'd like to listen to it back, this will be on our various podcast platforms there are four of them from you to choose from so this has been a lovely space there'll be another one again next week as well before the awards happens which is going to be on the 14th of december so make sure you are all staying up to date with everything reward awards related if you just want to be up to date with gaming news and reviews guides and overviews don't forget you can go to games.gg for all of that <laughs> So thank you everyone once more and I look forward to seeing you all next week. Until then, goodbye.